This is the MMA Takes Podcast with your host, Brian Petrie. Welcome to the MMA Takes Podcast. Uh, if I sound a little out of sorts here, I'm, I'm recording this in my living room. My beautiful, gorgeous daughter, her room is right next to my office where I record. My big fucking mouth, I do not want to wake her up. Listen, when, when kids nap, if you're not a dad out there, and if you are a dad, you'll appreciate this, but when kids' eyes are closed and they nap, and she hasn't been napping all that great the past few weeks, I'm not taking any fucking chances. So I took the show on the road. I took it to the living room. I got my little recorder here. I got a makeshift setup with a TV tray. I'm a little uncomfortable. <clears throat> a little uncomfortable, but I got to get these picks out. I got to give you guys the money picks. I mean, that's why you listen to this podcast, right? Hopefully, I made you guys hundreds and hundreds and thousands of dollars, and you can kick back. You can give me a little kickback on that. Vimeo's open. Uh, but we have a great card here for USC 231. I am, I'm super psyched. You know, two weeks ago, I didn't think this was that great of a card. I'm being honest with you. I was like, you know... Besides the main event, and then Joanna and Shevchenko, I was like, well, what do they have? But as I broke this card down, this might be one of the harder cards for me to pick because there's a lot of underdogs that a lot of people are talking about. There are a ton of underdogs that people seem to enjoy, that people are picking already. Earlier in the week, they're picking, you know, Kenny Florian picked a bunch of underdogs. And that usually scares me because then it's like, what fence am I going to be on? You know, I use, I, you know, I take this seriously. I don't know what side I'm going to be on. I'm going to be on the right side, the wrong side. You know, I'm, I'm picking out a good percent now. I've had some great cards and uh, I, I dove deep into this one. Um, so uh, let's get started. The first fight of the night. I don't know if this will be the first one. The first one I have up is Diego Ferrara. He is 13 and 2. He is fighting Kyle Nelson, late replacement. Uh, Jesse Ronson uh, was like 20 pounds overweight when he came to a fight week. So uh, Canadian Kyle Nelson is 12 and 1 is stepping up and fighting Diego Ferrara. Diego on a nice little win streak here. Um, <clears throat> he was a huge uh, favorite over Ronson. Uh, I don't think they have a line yet for Nelson. I can only assume he's going to be an even bigger favorite. He was a minus 350 over Ronson. Um, um, I'm assuming that it's going to be the same. It looks like to me, as I'm looking at Nelson's uh, record here, I mean, he's kind of well-rounded. He's won a lot of decisions, a lot of submissions, you know, kind of a full package, kind of like your typical Canadian fighter. They seem to always be, you know, tough outs and, and, and decent grapplers and decent enough at striking, you know, kind of like the, the GSP mold. Um, this is an easy fight. I don't think you should bet this at all. I mean, Kyle Nelson could shock the world. He could pull Joe Lozon and come up and, and, and knock the, and, you know, and, and knock people's dick in the dirt. Um, I wish I had more information on Kyle, uh, Kyle Nelson. I, I think I've called him Kyle Ronson at least three times, and I apologize. <laughs> I'm out of my element. I need my comfy walls in my studio, man. I don't I don't like this. My dog's staring at me. I got Brian Ortega versus Renato Makano on the on the old TV here, just to kind of get me get me in the mood. Um, but yeah, Diego Ferrara, uh, he's going to be bigger than 350. Let me just double check to make sure he. Yeah, so they don't have lines for yet, but he's going to be bigger than 350. I'm going to pick Diego to win um, over Nelson. Probably avoid that fight. Uh, Kyle Nelson's taking this fight literally on four or five days' notice, so uh, I, I can't imagine it's going to be that easy for him. <clears throat> Next up, we have Chad Laprise, who is 13 and 13-3. He is a minus 240 favorite. He is fighting... 
Sorry about that. He is fighting Diego Lima, who is 12 and 7. He's a plus 235 underdog. Um, actually, I just skipped a fight there. Oh, no, I didn't. I can't read. Um, I've never been big on Lima. You know, he's been on the other fighter twice. He's had a shot in the UFC. He has shown a lackluster chin, which is weird because his brother is rock solid. You know, they obviously are main training partners are in the same weight class. So it's uh, pretty interesting that one brother is so much better than the other. Um... But but on the same token, I've never been a huge fan of Chad Laprise either. I think Laprise has done well for himself in the UFC. I mean, he's a former Ultimate Fighter winner as well. Decent striker. Um, I think he went to 55. Now he's back up at welterweight, if if memory serves me. Uh, but you know what? I, you know, 240 is a little steep for Chad Laprise. I mean, he has dropped some fights in the past that were a little surprising to me. Diego Lima, though, I just I mean, the guy hasn't done anything. I mean, th- th- this is one of the fights that he might show out and win. Um, it, it, and I, you know, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna pick Laprise. This is a very underwhelming fight to me. I don't really care about this fight all that much. Um, unfortunately, and uh, just not one of the fights that I'm you know really Jones in the sea. But uh, I'm gonna pick Chad Laprise probably by some sort of stoppage since Lima doesn't have the best chin in the world. Next up, we had Brad Contona. Probably, probably, I mean, I'm going to vote him the biggest dork that's ever won the Ultimate Fighter. I don't know if that's fair to say. He's Canadian-born, trains at SPG. He won the Ultimate Fighter kind of by a landslide. I think the last Ultimate Fighter, not this one, not the heavyweight one, but the one before that. Pretty dorky guy, you know. And, I, you know, and you know, all respect to him. Great fighter, but might be the dorkiest guy to ever walk away with uh, that tough uh, trophy. Um, but he is 7-0. and He is a minus 250 favorite. He is fighting Matthew Lopez, who is 10-3 and at plus 235 underdog. I think there's a lot of value in Matthew Lopez. I think there's a ton. Matthew Lopez is a great, great wrestler. He has had some slides in the UFC. He hasn't looked great. Typically in the past, the the tough fighter, the the tough champion, when they come and fight in the UFC for the real first fight, they don't look all that great. Um, some of them may get cut, but I mean, you know, there's very rarely a tough champion who comes in and lights the world on fire. Um, that's just past practice. That's just history right there. I mean, you can't, you know, that's just what it is. There's a lot. I'm on a, a, a handheld mic, so there's a lot of popping. Excuse me if I pop on you. Uh, I'll try to clean this up during editing. I'm listening to myself, and it's very distracting. Um, I want to pick Matthew Lopez so bad in this. There's a good chance I'm going to bet him. I'm going to encourage people to bet him. A plus 235 favorite, or excuse me, underdog. You know, the kid's got wrestling skills. I don't think Brad Katona is the best striker in the world. I think his game is going to get on top and, and work his submissions. I think he's going to have a hard time taking Lopez down. Lopez is is, is, is had up and down the UFC. He's been knocked out a few times, but he's never been just laid on. Um, this is going to be an interesting fight. This is a pretty big spread here. A lot of, a lot of people are giving Brad Katona respect. I do like Brad Katona's game. Um, I don't think he's great everywhere, but he's going to be he, – he, I think he's durable. I think he's tough. I think he's strong. I think he's going to get this fight to where he wants to go. However, I'm going to pick Katona to win officially, but I have a little green dollar sign written down here, and that means there's a lot of value on Matthew Lopez. I think Matthew Lopez at plus 235. That's a great little kickback there. Line's probably going to move. I think a lot of people are going to realize that as well. But I, 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 I like, I'm going to pick Katona, but I do like Matthew Lopez. Just, let me just let me tingle that out there a little bit. I like Matthew Lopez. Next up, we got Alexander Rekic. 
I probably nailed that fucking name. He's 10 and 1. He is a minus 40 favorite. He's fighting Devin Clark, who is 9 and 2, who is a. Where you at, Devin Clark? There you are. Plus 380 underdog. Um, Devin Clark has never really impressed me. You know, he is a good wrestler, good grappler, gets tired quickly, doesn't really have much to his game besides that. Rather, uh, rather like Alexander Rakix. Like I'm I Rakic. Uh-huh. R-A-R-A-K-I-C. Rakic. Sure. Alexander is uh, you know, very highly tallied. He's ten and one. He's a he's a killer in there. I would be shocked if Devin Clark wins this fight. I'd be shocked. I'm picking Rakic all the way. Devin Clark, I think this might be his last fight in the OC. He could pull the huge upset. I mean, I haven't really heard many people pick him. He's not one of the guys that a lot of people are hot on the tail. But uh I'm gonna I'm gonna go ahead and pick my guy, Alexander Rekic. And he's my guy. I can't pronounce his name, but he's my guy. Next up, we have Gilbert Bruns, 13-3. and three. He is a plus 115 underdog. He is fighting Olivier Auburn-Mercier, OAM. He's a minus 135 favorite. This is an interesting fight. Um, both guys coming off disappointing performances. Uh, OAM, OAM is coming off the loss to Alexander Hernandez, which was, you know, he just got, he, he lost. He just got out muscled, out physical in that entire fight. Um, and Gilbert Burns come off a big knockout loss over Dan Hooker. It's a really good lightweight fight. Um, you know, Gilbert Burns is, is a beast on the ground. I know he has lost in the past. <clears throat> excuse me. I know he's lost in the past to guys that uh, have, have, you know, laid on top and have out grappled him and, and, and put him in those positions. Um, but he's such, so dangerous on the ground. I mean, he truly is one of the elite jiu-jitsu players in the world. I, I find that surprising. so surprising that that's happened to him before. OAM, I, I'm just going to count Mercier because I can't get the, I, I can't be cool and name OAM. I keep messing it up. He's a tough out. He's a really ugly guy to look good against. He fights ugly. He wins ugly. I mean, he's got like a good Good knockout whenever Evan Dunham to the body, but other than that, he's just he's just a really tough guy to look good against. He's very durable, he's very strong. You know, he calls himself what it was. Uh, he he calls himself the Canadian gangster or something. Rocks around with the fanny pack. Um, I like Burns in this fight. I think this line has moved, but as 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 far as I know, when I when I wrote these down yesterday, he was an underdog. He was a minus uh, or excuse me, a plus one fifteen was for Burns. I can double check here. I got a website pulled up. Um, but, but, but where are you at? Where are you? There we go. Okay, so this is uh, the fight has drawn even two websites, two betting and gambling websites, has him as a plus 100. So he's a slight underdog. Um, I think the money's going to be good. I'm going to take Bruns. Underdog. I'm going to take Bruns as an underdog and uh, take it to the bank. I mean, wow. I wouldn't bet your whole purse on it, and I wouldn't add it to a parlay because this is gonna be an ugly, tough fight. But I like uh, I like Gilbert in this fight. I think uh, I think he has powerful strikes. I think he's gonna give OAM some fits on the ground if it does go there. And and I, it really is gonna depend whose cardio holds up because I don't think either of these guys are really cardio kings. Next up, we got Eric, your boy, Anders versus Elias Thedoro. Eric Anders is a minus 110. Thedoro is a minus 120. These lines came out super late. 
<clears throat> I do not know why they came out so late. This fight kind of got put together late. Kind of surprising to see Eric Anders t- get turned around so fast after basically losing from exhaustion not too long ago against uh, Santos, who's fighting on this card as well. Anders has been very active, um, one of the more active world, or excuse me, middleweights in the UFC. Um, I tweeted out that he needs a lot more work. He's not really a main event guy yet. I think that's true, but I think Elias is just a little overhyped. He's very entertaining on Twitter. He's very easy in the eyes. You know, he's got a great head of hair. But when it comes to skill for skill in the octagon, I don't know if he really has it or not. Um, you know, he he's more of a kind of a grinder pusher. He's gonna he's gonna go for takedowns. He's gonna go for chain takedowns, singles, doubles. He's gonna body lock you the whole time. He's gonna get tired. You know, and this, this is gonna be a really good test for Eric Anders to see how Eric Anders handles a guy that's gonna be grappling with him the entire time. Um, and and a little bit of redeeming. You know, this isn't five rounds. This is three. Hopefully, Anders learned a lot from uh, learned a lot from his his five round main event where he just completely got gassed. And I mean, it, it, but you. Know, <laughs> He flew to Brazil on like a week's notice, and you know, so he took the fight early in a five round. He took the fight on two weeks' notice, flight out of Brazil from you know, Alabama or Florida, wherever he's living. And that's that's a long trip. That's a long flight uh, to get adjusted to that. On top of you got to cut weight. On top of you've only took this fight on this many days' notice. On top of you're fighting a killer in Santos. Um, I think maybe I was a little overcritical Vanders after his performance. I do think he does need a lot of work still. I think his hands aren't. Uh, I think he's very powerful, but I think his, his combinations could use some more. I'm not really sure who he's training with camp-wise. Um, I think a camp move might be might be good for him at, at this stage, or maybe a coach change. You know, you know, maybe get some different looks because um, I think his striking isn't isn't going anywhere. You know what I mean? I think it's it's very basic. I think I think guys are going to catch on quick, and you know, he's young enough and, and athletic enough and talented enough that he could take his game to the next level. It just depends if he's going to take it there or 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 not. Um, Elias again, he's fifteen two. He's got a good record. He's tough to look good against. He's got a great chin. It's in Canada. Um, he doesn't fight all that much. So I think he's going to be the fresher fighter. However, I'm picking Anders. Um, it's dead even. I mean, he's a slight slight favorite if 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 you want to call him that. I looked at the lines. It's all across the board. Some sites don't even have him listed yet. So I'm going to take uh, I'm going to take Anders now. Next up, we have Jessica Evil Eye. She is a thirteen and six. She's a minus, or excuse me, plus one twenty underdog. She's fighting Caitlin Chukagin. I mispronounce the name every time, but she's eleven and one. She's a minus one forty favorite. Um, I was back back and forth on this fight. Jessica Eye is an Ohio gal. She trains at Stepe. She's on a nice little, you know, fought at one thirty five. Now she's at one twenty five. Um, very talented girl. Very tough girl. Um. Caitlin, though, you know, she's 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 been calling for fights. I mean, this girl is hungry. This girl wants to fight. This is going to be a good scrap. This, these two girls are going to go in there and leave it all in line. I wanted to pick I because of the under. Um, whenever it's this even of a fight, I always lean towards the unders. However, I think Caitlin should be priced a little higher for this. A bigger favorite. I think uh, I don't think uh, I think I is as tough as they come. She's coming off a nice win herself. But I, I think Caitlin's just that much better. I think Caitlin's going to put it together well. I think she's going to be too hard to hit. I think she's going to you know, hit eye up. I think it's going to be all three rounds, 30-27. Could be a finish in there, but I doubt it because eye is so durable. But I like Caitlin big in that, in that fight. <clears throat> Next up after that, 
cruising along. Claudia Gadela. She's minus 280 favorite. She is 16 and 3. She's finding Nina Ansaroff, who's 9 and 5 at a plus 280. Nina is the significant other, the fiance uh, wife. I don't know if they're married yet, but she is the significant other, Amanda Nunez. Um, seems like ever since Amanda Nunez's rise came up, Nina has actually fought really, really well, too. She's had some good wins on her record. She's awkward. She's tricky. Her stand up's a little new, unique. I think her ground game's really good. Um, she's really priced really high at plus 280. It's really nice for me to just jump on that and say, oh, the under's going to win. I, I, I can't do that. I just, I, you know, Claudia has that name. Uh, I thought she lost to Carla. I, you know, she's been a big favorite in the past couple of fights and she didn't seem to show up all that well. I think Claudia's is takedown defense is, is really good. I think if this fight goes to the ground, it's going to be because Claudia wants it to go there. I think Nina is going to put up a good fight. I think she's going to surprise some people. I think she could win easily. Obviously, I think this is maybe the line's a little too far for this. I would not bet this fight. Um, this isn't a fight I'm very confident in picking because I do think Nina is a little unappreciated. And I think uh, <clears throat> I think she's very, very talented. With that being said, I'm going to go Claudia Gadella is going to win a decision. Um, but, yeah, I'm not confident that do not risk 200, you know, don't put 280 to win 100 on the on, on that fight because that can happen anyway. And I think Claudia is maybe taking a step back. I think, you know, hopefully this camp she can take a couple steps forward. Next up, we have Tiago Santos, who's a minus 170 favorite. He is 19 and 6. He's fighting Jimmy Manowal, who's 17 and 4, who's a plus 145 underdog. This is an interesting fight. Um, Santos has is, is, is been popping up to light heavyweight from 185 and he's looked incredible i i'm always a i always believe when a guy moves up in weight they always look good i think the size advantage that some people talk about i think that's a little overrated i would prefer speed i would prefer brain health because when you cut all that weight you know your brain you know that can mess with your brain <clears throat> i know tiago does says he doesn't have any problems going to 185 he just right now the fights are at 205 and that's what he's getting offered um he fought eric anders at 205 because of the late notice and you know he's popping up here and, and, and getting uh getting mana wall <clears throat> speaking about big guys he's never going to 185 this guy is built like a shit brick house he is really well put together man you know a little old a little long in the tooth you know his chin is it hasn't held up over the years like it should but he's got great boxing hasn't fought in a while this fight was supposed to happen i think i called man out on twitter about it you know he never responded you know coward chicken shit but uh um this supposed, fight was supposed to happen like two or three times i'm not exactly sure why it didn't but yeah it just never materialized and it, it, it never happened um this is a fight that's interesting. You know, Manawa, uh, there's a lot of value in Manawa because Santos, as, as good as he is striking, he's got some crazy kicks. He's got some crazy movement. He's going to be the faster guy in there. He's going to be the guy with probably better cardio. Um, but I, for some reason, I got this thing in my head that I think Manawa, you know, is going to catch him. I mean, Santos doesn't have the greatest chin in the world. You know, he's been rocked before Anthony Smith rocked him. He's been knocked out by Dave Branch. That didn't happen too long ago. Dave Branch isn't like this world-class boxer, nor is he the most quickest on his feet. I think Dave Branch is a fantastic fighter, but I mean, let's be honest. He's not like, he's not going to win any, you know, gold gloves anytime soon. Manawa, however, is, is primarily boxing. He's got pretty decent head movement. The only pro the only thing holding me up here is the speed. Uh, Manawa isn't the quickest guy in the world because he, he is quite big and and i think santos throws some unique stuff i think um man yeah i'm gonna go hmm 
I'm going to go Manawa as an underdog because I think he can catch him. I think he can catch Santos. Santos is the hot fighter right now. I think maybe this is this is kind of the pattern right here. I'm not very confident in this fight. I like the number next to his name. You bet the number, not the fighter. Um, anything can happen in MMA. Anything can happen with Santos. I think his, if his chin was rock solid and the guy never got hurt, I wouldn't even be thinking twice about it. But he has shown cracks in his chin. He has been knocked out before. He has been put down before. And I think... This might be the hardest hitting guy he's ever fought. Manawalk and crack. So with that, I like uh, I like Manawalk as the underdog there. Next up, we got Kyle Balkniak from Boston, Mass. He's eight and three. He's a plus one seventy five underdog. He is fighting Hakeem Dawu, who's eight one and one. He's a minus two hundred five favorite. <clears throat> this is a fight where I referenced in the beginning. A lot of people love Bodniak in this fight. Bodniak took uh, Zarip Matshapirov. God, Zabip, Zabip. He took Zabip three tough, tough rounds and an amazing fight. Bogniak is is a tough, gritty dude. He's not going to get put out. He's not going to back take a pack or a step. The guy's tough. He's there for three rounds. And, um, you know, I think there's a lot of momentum. Even after a loss, I think there's a lot of momentum in Kyle Bogniak. I can see the value in that. I can see why people are picking Bogniak. And I'm, I'm, I'm here to tell you that I would. I think that's a great value pick. I think Bogniak is a, is a really durable guy and a really tough guy. And he can easily win this fight without question but I, I I'm on the other side of the fence I think Hakeem who hasn't looked who hasn't let the world on fire in the USC has some really good striking he's really quick he's really elusive I think this fight's going to be decided in the first two rounds I think Hakeem if he starts slowing down at the end of round one I think Bogniak if he Bogniak picks it up in round two then he's going to take over round three and the same thing with Hakeem if Hakeem can finish this in the first round obviously great that's his goal but if he co- if, if he looks good in one and two then I think he's gonna play a little safe I think he's a, lot, a little more athletic I think he's nimble on his feet I think he has better striking Bogniak can take it well so it's it's gonna be an interesting match, <clears throat> matchup here I'm gonna take Hakeem I'm gonna take the favorite in this although Though I do encourage everyone to put money on Bogniak. I, I mean, maybe I will too. You know, after a couple chicken wings and and some uh, some drinks, maybe I'll be like, you know what, Bogniak is a good pick. Maybe I'll start listening to those people. But you know, I do think I'm the best handicapper in the world. I just see Hakeem just maybe you know being a little too much, a little too fancy on the feet for for Bogniak. It'd be nice to hit that it, it, uh, hit that under money on Bogniak, but I just don't see it happening. Next up, one of my fights that I'm looking forward to the most on this card is Alex Oliveira. He is a plus 120 underdog. He is 25-1. and one. He's fighting Gunner Gunny Nelson, who's 16-3-1. He is a minus 135 favorite. This is another fight that the line came out super late on. <clears throat> Not really sure what that's about. It opened kind of weird. I believe there's even people have some websites have Oliveira as a favorite, but I think that has to be wrong. Um... I like Gunnar Nelson. This Gunnar Nelson has looked fantastic in photos. I know that doesn't mean much. He's been really inactive, though. I think his last fight might have been Ponsonibio. Was his last fight when he got knocked out? That was a while ago. I know he hurt his knee for a little bit. Yeah, okay, so his last fight was Ponsonibio. That was uh, that was back in uh, July 2017, so more than a year. I do believe he's coming off an injury. He looks to be in fantastic shape. Oliveira is constantly winning, constantly surprising people, getting submissions, getting striking. He's, he, I have no idea how he made 155. Um, this is a fight that a lot of people like Alex Oliveira in, and a lot of people are going to put money on him, and I can see why. I mean, the guy's been super active. He's been winning fights where he's not supposed to be winning. 
I've cashed on Oliveira as an underdog before. Um, I think the guy's just getting better and more confident. You know, he likes to have a good time. He's not dancing, blah, blah, blah. This is a really interesting fight. Two two unique styles because Oliveira is, is obviously a striker. He wants to keep it up. Gunner is a pretty unique striker, too. He, he likes to close the distance with one big strike. Um in in his ground games, bar none, some of the best some of the best there is. Um, I think his takedowns are a little underrated. I think he can take people down. I think he has a really good takedown. A lot of people say he's a little small for one seventy. I think he's a little short. I think until the pictures I saw of him recently, I did think he could cut the cut to one fifty five. But he's looking jacked. It looks like he took, you know, with the rehab with his knee, maybe he did some, you know, it looks like he's taking his 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 fitness level, his strength and conditioning through the roof. I'm a Gunner guy. I like Gunner Nelson. I think he's a fantastic fighter. I just think if if he can get this fight to the ground, I think it's going to be a bad night. I think Oliveira slows down a little bit. Oliveira is great on the ground, but I do see him get frustrated. Like he got frustrating in the Yancey Medeiros fight, the Cowboy fight. I think if Gunner can take him down, frustrate him, smother him, I think he's going to give up something, a neck, an arm, what have you. Um, however, Oliveira is an underdog in this fight. I do like, you know, I like the underdog money. My official pick is Gunner Nelson. But again, this is one of those fights. It's such an interesting card where there is money to be had on some of these underdogs. So picking Gunner Nelson, but Oliveira is not a bad pick. Not a bad pick. Next up, co-main event here. We got Joanna Jojecek. She's 15 and 2. She's a plus 255 underdog. She's fighting Valentina Shevchenko, who's 15 and 3. She's a minus 335 favorite. Right off the bat here, do not bet Shevchenko. This is gonna be a very close fight. I've been back and forth on this fight all day, all week, right? I've convinced myself that Joanna wasn't getting respect and that she deserved respect. And you know, I know they fought in Muay Thai three times and Shevchenko beat her all those times many, many years ago. And then I convinced myself that Johanna was going to steamroller. I know uh, that I know it sounds crazy as I verbalize it, but I, I had just a vision that Johanna was going to win every five rounds. She's going to be so much faster and so much quicker and just in and out, in and out. And, in. and she's got amazing cardio and she was going to slow Shevchenko down and just win a decision and, and become a two time champ. Probably the first, I think the first ever female two time champion, if, if, I'm, if memory serves me. But then I have then I had a vision earlier today that Shevchenko was just gonna be the bigger, stronger girl and just bullying bullying Joanna, pitting her against the cage, landing big strikes, and uh there's nothing Joanna can do. Um I've been watching the embedded. Joanna is like one twenty nine right now, barely gotta cut any weight. She looks energized, she looks you know, she looks great, she looks fit. She looks like she weighed I mean, I know she weighed one fifteen in, in previous years, but only for like a previous fight, excuse me, but only for like an hour and then she would rehydrate. She looks like she's way bigger than what she ever came in. I can't believe it's more than ten pounds. She looks maybe like twenty pounds heavier. She's thicker. You realize how like kind of tall she is because you know down there she's tall and lanky and now she looks like she's you know filled out quite well um Shevchenko is so good I just don't see Shevchenko she's just almost perfect she doesn't make any mistakes she also doesn't take many chances her and her sister are very very good I, I see Shevchenko trying to take this fight to the ground quite a bit I think Joanna has good hips good takedown offense I think it's going to come from a clinch though um I think Joanna is probably better submission wise than Shevchenko however I can see Subchenko doing that and just kind of winning some early rounds. This is a really interesting fight. Really, really tough fight to pick. Um, but I know you can't 
bet Chip Tanko at minus 330. You just can't. You can't do it. Johanna's so talented and so good. She could run away with this. She can get steamrolled. A lot of people don't have confidence in her after the Rose performances and stuff like that. But listen, she can get steamrolled. But it looks like she's taking this fight. She's not doing her, her, her preaching or anything like that. It looks like she's just taking this opportunity and running with it. Her and Sotanko obviously have respect for each other. They know each other pretty well. They've never fought in MMA, but they fought in the Muay Thai thing. I think that's going to have an advantage for Shevchenko. I think she might be a little confident, though. I think she's, she's going to know what Joanna does. This is a tough fight to pick. I mean, it, it truly, truly is. But I would kill myself because I picked Rose to beat Joanna the first time. Rose was a minus three. I mean, that's basically what made my name. I, I got my name out there with that pick. Made nice some money. I'm picking Joanna as the underdog. I did it. I said it. Joanna's going to win. I think she's going to win by decision. I know that's crazy. I think this line's going to move. I think a lot of money's going to go on Shevchenko. Some might go on Yana, former champion. Um, but, yeah, I, uh, I I just have a feeling. I got to go with my gut feeling, and that gut feeling is Joanna Jojacek. I love her last name. I pronounce it something. Uh, there's so many letters in it that you can pronounce it different every time, and I don't think anybody will correct you. The main event time. Boy, oh boy, let me tell you something. This might be one of the most anticipated fights for me personally that I've been looking forward to all year. Super bummed when they when they this didn't happen in July. <clears throat> I think both these guys are in their this is why MMA is so great. You can't they in boxing they can't make prime versus prime fights. Terrence Crawford should be fighting Errol Spence. That should happen. Lomachenko should be fighting these top guys. Fury should fight Joshua. Joshua should fight Wilder. Boxing, that's not going to happen for the next two, three years because all this management, all this pettiness. In the UFC, you get the best versus the best in their prime. The press conference yesterday was really good. Max Holloway looked upbeat. He looked good. He looked confident. He was kind of firing back at Ortega. Ortega, obviously, not a trash talker. He's, he's a nice guy. He's saying, I'm going to pray for you and stuff like that. There doesn't need to be any building for this fight. They don't need to be Conor McGregor trash talk. I think Max was having some fun. I think Brian was having some fun. But this fight, on paper, is going to be bananas. It's going to be bonkers. It's going to be fucking insane on paper. I don't see how it can be boring. I'm so in, I'm so intrigued by how this could how this is gonna work. Max Holloway's on a 12 fight win streak. Brian Ortega's never lost. Max Holloway's actually younger than Brian Ortega. Max Holloway, though, you know, no one knows what happened to his illness. No one really knows. I think they said they're gonna do like an investigation about it or some shit like that. They think someone maybe poisoned him. But I mean, they're looking at all angles here. Ortega has fought some of the really good competition. That win over McConnell that I just finished watching was some impressive MMA, some impressive just everything. You know, Ortega's fought in UFC, got busted for some steroids, a diuretic or something, and then he suspended for a year, and then he came back and lit the world on fire. The one thing that bothers me about Ortega, though, he, never, he doesn't have a game plan, and, and his coaches just let him go with the flow. Against Max, I think you're going to need a game plan. Max moves really, really well. He's got really good striking, close to distance. He's long. Ortega's long, too. I think Ortega might even have a longer reach than Max. I think Max might be a little bit taller. Both really well put together, 145ers. 
Obviously, the ground game is going to go to Ortega. Max Holloway has been submitted before. Um, no one really knows how great Max's game is. I mean, that's why it was so interesting when Max took the Khabib fight. You know, what what is you know Max is lacked uh, take down the fence and, and any kind of really good grappling on the ground for a while. You know, he's looked good in the previous years, but no one's ever seen him really fight a wrestler yet. Anybody really take him down? That's why the Frankie fight was so interesting. And and, and Ortega is definitely gonna definitely gonna test that takedown. I think Ortega. Has really good boxing. He's improved. I mean, the Frankie fight really proved that this guy, you know, it has some slick boxing, some slick movement as well for how big he is. Um, both these guys, Fort, Fort works off the charts. I can I can go on and on about this. I love Max Holloway. He's he was he's so close to being one of my guys. It's a very exclusive list to be one of my guys. He was so close to being one after he knocked out Aldo. He almost I almost threw him on there just because he he accepted the Khabib fight. Obviously that fight didn't happen. The whole health issue and whatnot. Uh, or no, they, they they pulled him for weight cutting issues and then and then the health cutting and then the health issue with with Ortega. Man, I love this fight. Um, full transparency. I've already put some money on Ortega. So, uh, you know, that's what it is. I should probably read the lines for you though first, right? So Byron Ortega is 14 and 0. He's a plus 180 underdog. As of two days ago, I know that line has probably moved and Max Holloway is a minus 130 favorite. <clears throat> I've said it once. I've said it before. Go Ortega. I'm picking Ortega. I just think it's his time. I think there's something about him. There's an aura about him. There's a specialness about him. There's just this swagger to him. I think his hands have improved ridiculously. I think he might have the best jiu-jitsu. Best jiu-jitsu in that division. He might have the best jiu-jitsu in MMA. No disrespect to Damian Meyer. No disrespect to the Fred Brasher or Doom. I'm sure pure grappling, those guys could get him. Obviously, they're bigger than he is. Pure grappling, maybe their technique's better, but... Brian Ortega, I think, is just so slick on the ground. I think for MMA, jiu-jitsu, it's some of the best. I mean, Vinny Magalhaes, I know he's not in the UFC. Shout out to Vinny Magalhaes. He's got some great, amazing MMA jiu-jitsu and on the match jiu-jitsu as well. Uh, that guy can go to a competition and win without doing any training tomorrow and then go and submit fools in MMA. I like Ortega, though. I'm riding with Ortega. I'm riding with Brian. I mean, not because we have the same name, but kind of because we have the same name. I just think it's his time. You know, I think these guys are going to run it back. I think there's going to be multiple fights between these two. Um, I, I, the, I, I'm really, I'm good at predicting fights. I've realized I'm not good at how fights are going to end. Um, I envision this fight, though, being very close and then just one mistake from Max and Brian's going to snatch a neck. I think that's all it's going to take. You know, Brad's all it took in Cup Swanson fight. That's all it took in the Marcano fight. You, you give this guy an inch. He's so tough and uh, he's so tough and durable. I mean, uh, it, people are talking about how Ortega's, you know, gotten hit and, and maybe, you know, got rocked a little bit. Well, well yeah, he's getting, he's getting cracked and everything. But... Uh, you know, I don't know how Max is either. You know, there's a lot of things that are going to go into how Max is feeling. But I'm very confident Ortega. I put that right when I saw the line earlier this week. I think it may be Monday or Tuesday when I saw him at a plus 180. I think he was a plus 180. I read that. Maybe plus 130. Or excuse me. Yeah, plus one. He was a plus 180. When I saw that, I was like, yep. Yeah, I got to get him. I got to get him because... I I picked him in July. I don't know if you remember. I think I released a, a thing where I picked him in July, when the fight was going to happen before, and then and then it happened and it fell apart. Um, just for shits and giggles, if 
one of these guys doesn't walk and they, they have to fight Morcano, I pick either guy over Morcano. I think Morcano's great. I don't think he's ready yet. I think he's a very, very tough guy. He looks fantastic in his fights, but I pick either guy to beat Morcano. I think Morcano needs to fight Edgar, but uh, that's the card. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Right now, currently, we are going to do a live podcast for it. We're going to do for the main event. We might do it for the co-main event because the, the co-main event's going to be pretty good, but that's going to go long. I don't know. I think Austin might get a little too drunk before that before the co-main event ends definitely gonna do something where i put it out you know i I like doing that uh i got some positive feedback from you guys from that um so hopefully we can bring that back and we can have some fun saturday night looking forward to the fights just to recap um i'll give you my locks the night before we end here sorry i'm again i'm out of my office i'm out of my i'm out of my oh my guys like a fish out of water so my lock of the night I could go easy and go like, you know, Digger Ferrara or something like that. But my lock of the night is going to be. My lock of the night's going to be. Oh, man. <laughs> my, my lock of the night is going to be Alexander Rakic. Alexander Rakic is going to get a big win here for the light heavyweight division. Devin Clark is, is not quite ready yet. And my underdog lock of the night, man, this is this is where I have some options here. Man, my underdog lock of the night is going to be Brian Ortega. That's that was pretty easy. I'm so confident that he's going to win. Brian Ortega is my underdog lock of the night, and then just a, a, a second underdog lock, uh, lock of the night that I'm very confident in is going to be Jimmy Manawal. For some reason, I'm riding the Jimmy Manawal train. I don't like it. A little bumpy. Uh, you don't know where it's going to stop. You don't know where it's going to. You know, you don't know where you're going to end up. But I'm riding the train because I just it is what it is. All right. So I will talk to you guys next week. Hopefully, you hear me Saturday um, during the fights. Hopefully, you guys will enjoy that and. I will recap everything and brag about all the money I've won this weekend. All right.